everyone, my name is Marie Nicole. Welcome to Encouragement Notes. I hope that you would join me on this journey of discovering what God wants from your life as I pass on the lessons that I've learned in church and the lessons that I've learned in this life that God has given me. Please join me on this journey every week and I look forward to getting to know you. Hey, I hope all is going well today and you're having a beautiful, blessed day. Today, I want to come and share an experience with you about how I had to fight the school system, LAUSD, in order to get my rights accomplished and my goals accomplished. Today is a very, very special day. Day. It is the 32nd anniversary of the American with Disabilities Act. And the American with Disabilities Act is essentially the Emancipation Independence Act of people with disabilities. And what that did was it opened up many doors and many opportunities for people like myself who were closed off from society and could not access different things. Um, the 504 Act that was signed in 73 was an, an act that um, covered everything that the government opened. So if the government opened a school or if they opened a hospital, whatnot, anything that the um anything that had to do with the government section 504 um covered but we needed more than that we needed a law that covered the private sector as well so restaurants movie theaters theaters where you would go see plays um shopping malls, coffee shops, and many, many other places, museums, any place that would be enjoyable to anybody else. We needed the right to be in there ourselves. Not only as patrons that would give people their business, our, our business, but also as workers that helped those people earn money. Well, I am here today to talk about my schooling experience and what that was like. Um, specifically, I talked about yesterday, I talked about the part of my schooling experience, or maybe it was earlier. I think it was yesterday. <laughs> um, anyway, I talked about how the um the way schools were set up was that we were kind of segregated from other kids and protected in the confines of the kindergarten yard even though we weren't in kindergarten 
people thought it would be catastrophic if we were hit by a ball. And so and that was that. But then when I got to when I got to junior high school, the low expectations of me and other people with disabilities, but I want to speak specifically to my story. The low expectations of me continued when I had my first IEP meeting in the fall of 1994. I had transferred into junior high at Eagle Rock High School here in um, my neighborhood of Los Angeles, in Eagle Rock, Los Angeles. And um, so I had my first entry IEP meeting and we, an IEP meeting is specifically to discuss the educational goals and development of a student. IEP stands for Individual Education Plan. And so what happens during an IEP meeting is that people, a team that is made up of the student's parents, sometimes the students, it should mostly be made up of the student's parents, the student, and a few teachers and maybe a counselor or two. So when I had my first entry IEP meeting to my new school, I was met by a team of probably 10 people who did not know me from Adam. And one of the questions or one of the assumptions that was made about me was, so since you are a student with a disability and since you are in special education classes, we're assuming that you would like to graduate high school at the age of 22 and only receive a certificate. And when I tell you that something in me was fired up, that's an understatement. I was mad. I was disrespectfully mad, but I knew that I needed, even at 12, I was 12 when this assumption was made about me. I was a little, I was a little kid still. And here are people that didn't even know me, didn't even know my brain, and didn't even know what I was capable of, were making assumptions about me based on what they saw right in front of them and what they saw on a piece of paper. And so at the end of this meeting, I was so upset and so angry that I asked my mom if it was okay and I asked, I respectfully asked the team if it was okay to speak my mind alone with the team. Keep in mind again that I am a 12 year old girl at this point and I don't know anybody quite well yet. I'm in my very first transitional IEP meeting to junior high. Every first meeting is considered a transitional meeting 
because you go from one stage of school to another. And so I sat with this team and I said, listen, I don't know what, what words I exactly used, but I said, listen, I am not going to graduate at the age of 22. I believe that I have the capability to graduate at the age of 18 with my friends that I'm going to make and with a diploma. And they just looked at me like, oh, sweetheart, you're so inspirational. But we don't think it's possible even though they didn't say anything. That's how I felt. And I knew from that moment on that I would have to prove them wrong. I would have to work my butt off and prove them wrong. Well, I'm working my butt off through junior high and um, a passion of mine arises that had always been there. And for those of you who know me and know me well, you know that one of my first loves in life since I was very, very young um, is singing. And when I first got into junior high, I'm like, I want to join choir. So I did. I joined choir. All you had to do was sign up. There was no audition process for the beginning levels. And so I signed up and um, on our first performance, well, it wasn't our first performance, but there was a time between the, there was a time that was good and then there was a time that got totally crazy which I will go into in a minute. The time that was good was when my parents were able to take off of work, excuse me, kind of burped a little bit. The time that was good was the time that when my parents were able to take off of work or my mom was able to come. She was a stay-at-home mom at that point. And they were able to walk me up the stairs, sit me in a chair, and then walk my chair up the four steps that led to the stage. But then, for some reason, I, I feel to this day like somebody had it out for me. The school rules changed and people said that I would not be able to sing on stage anymore. And then if I wanted to continue choir, that I would have to do my singing from the floor level where I barely could be seen. And that wasn't okay with me. I remember that conversation between me and my awesome teacher. His name was Mr. Brian Bockelman. And he 
came into our classroom, or no, yeah, actually he did. He had somebody watch our class because I guess what had happened was that somebody from the office had called him. All the classrooms had phones that were connected to the office. And so somebody from the office had called Mr. B to go down to the principal's office and the principal's office or the main office, whatever. But anyway, to go down to the offices. And then when he came back, he said, class, you need to, I mean, you could go ahead and start walking to the auditorium. I'll catch up with you in a minute. So we let the class go on their own. But he then, this six foot tall guy with long blonde hair that was always in a ponytail, took a knee in front of me and said, Marie, I'm sorry. They just told me that you can't climb the steps anymore that they think it's unsafe and I was heartbroken because I knew that I would be separated yet again from my friends and I was mad it was totally totally unfair And so what I did was I did not sit on my hands and and just let things be. No, I went to my principal and I said we need to do something. And my principal at that point really didn't take me seriously. I think her name was Miss Sierra, the, the principal that was at the school when I was in junior high. Um, she didn't really take me seriously. And then I got the opportunity in, in um, I believe it was eighth grade, to go to USC and be a speaker at an event where I was able to tell the ramp story or the lack of ramp story. And so I told a group of 500 people what had happened to me and what was said. And so people rallied around me and said, let's get things done. And long story short, we ended up getting the ramp that led to the auditorium in 1998 it was finished so from 1996 from yeah from about no from 1994 to 1998 I was on the floor in the middle of the stage I was like positioned in the middle of the stage because I could not climb the steps because again oh no what if she falls what if she sues us what if what if what if and so I was in that position 
where, like I said, I could not participate fully in in what I wanted to participate in. And so I waited until 10th grade to have that opportunity, to have that first opportunity to be included, be fully included on stage. And so I forgot to mention this is how ridiculous their thinking was. The spot in the school where the ramp is located had a 100-year-old tree. And they cared more about that tree than they did my rights. I could have sued the school. I could have have said that I could have publicly said in court that that wasn't fair and they were not giving me what I needed. They were not providing equal opportunity, but I choose to take I chose to take the nice road and I did not sue the school. But I had amazing amazing backup from a woman named Bridget Ammons, who I got involved with. Um, she ran an organization called Protection and Advocacy. And I was one of the student representatives for the entire area of Southern California at the, at an annual protection and advocacy meeting in 98 when I was in 10th grade, I went to Sacramento with my mom and I retold my story again. And so fast forward to my senior year, we are at the point of my exit IEP. My exit IEP happens when I am getting ready to graduate and um, one day my mom was picking me up at school and a counselor of mine who was my old counselor by this time she very informally called out to my mom. She says, Yolanda, I know Marie's IEP meeting is tomorrow. And I would strongly, strongly advise you because I believe in Marie. I believe in what she's doing and I believe that she's capable of graduating high school. I would strongly, strongly advise you guys to have some backup in order for this meeting to go well because they are planning to attack you. They're planning to attack Marie and her grades and her physicality and they're planning to 
they're planning to just annihilate you guys. So I would highly recommend that you have some backup. So we did. We called our friend Bridget Ammons, who at the time was one of my neighbors. She lived right around the corner. So we called her and we said, Bridget, this is what's going on. Can you be at my meeting? It is before nutrition or blah, 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 whatever. And she said, I'm there. I'm on it. I'm clearing my schedule. I am there. So I'm getting ready for this meeting. I'm really super nervous, but I know that I have all the backup I need with my mom and with Bridget and with what I know about myself. And so all of these people, 10 people walk in and they just have smug, smug, ugly looks on their faces. Like, oh, we're going to get her. And, you know, it's just the mom. It's just the kid. No problem. We're going to get these people. But then all of a sudden, it's like a movie. My friend Bridget Ammons walks into the room and their faces just drop. They're like, what the heck is happening? So needless to say, I won the right to graduate on time because I had everything that I needed with my grades, with my credits. I had 220 credits before I needed them, which was the amount of credits you needed. I had a three point something GPA. And I was just ready. I was ready to move on to college. I was ready to become a teacher that was better than my teachers. And you guys know, if you know me at all, you know how the teaching thing went. Um, and being a teacher for a decade, see, when I, when I do something, I try it out, try it out again, and try it out again. I don't throw in the towel just because one person doesn't like me or two people does, don't like me. I try it out and I try to be as best of a team player as I can. But needless to say, I fell out of love with teaching because of the way I was treated. But if I hadn't fallen out of love with teaching, I would have never became the public speaker that I am today. And so you guys, moral of the story, don't let anybody say that you can't do anything. Don't let anybody say that you're not qualified for something because you look a certain way or you talk a certain way or anything like that. We need to fight for what we are passionate about. 
we need to do what we are passionate about and just let God be the judge, but continue also to fight. So again, I, um, I said on my Instagram that I am a little bit of Judy Human and a little bit of Valley Stroker mixed into one. And I think that is how it intersects. That is how I feel the camaraderie of my community. That is how I have learned to represent myself is that I'm going to do what I love. And if you don't like the way I'm doing it, then you don't have to like me. You don't. But I'm going to continue doing what I love and I hope and pray that there are women, young women and men at Eagle Rock who love the arts as much as I do and as much as I did. And I hope that there is a counselor or two or five or six that will have your back. The way Miss Janet Lord had my back. So you guys, I hope you have a beautiful blessed night. I love you and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I want to leave you with an opportunity to follow me on social media. My Instagram is Marie Nicole Zimmerpeeps13. That is M A R I E N I C O L E Z I M M E R P E E P S 1 3. My Twitter is Encouragement W 2. And my Facebook is Zimmer Peeps 13, but you can find me under Encouragement Notes Podcast. And I also would like to ask you if you can leave a review, if you would so choose, on any platform or on the podcast app itself that you are listening to this podcast on. I look forward to spending time with you again soon, and thank you so much for listening. God bless. Bye-bye.